0: beginning this month a new uh, series called Crash the Chatterbox. If we put the graphic up Crash the Chatterbox and it is based off a book that is written by uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick. Um, it's a great book. We will also be dealing with uh, this particular subject uh, in our Bible studies on, on Wednesday night uh, now um, for the next few weeks. But uh, this uh, series, Crash the Chatterbox, is really going to get into what we deal with the voices inside of our heads. Now, you know, you start walking around telling people, I hear voices. People are like, you're crazy. But, but, but we all have voices Inside of our head, things that are are trying to confuse us, trying to tell us what we should do and how we should do it. Um, we're going to start today, um, just and we're going to read this scripture briefly, Isaiah fifty five one to three. Um, it kind of sets the stage for the discussion today, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit more about the series. It says, "Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink." Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine and milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does not that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant for you. I will give you all the unfailing love I have promised to David. As I mentioned, over the next actually five weeks, we're going to deal uh, with this subject, crash the chatterbox, and we're going to look at how we can crash the destructive noise that Satan places in our hearts, our spirits, and our minds. This is, this is what the chatterbox represents. Our goal at the end of this series is simply this. To learn how to overpower the lies of the enemy with the power of God's word. We want to overcome the lies of the enemy with the power of God's word. And so today we're going to just introduce this idea of, ch- of the chatterbox. And we're going to talk about some ways that we can identify the chatter uh, that threatens and derails our lives. And then over the next four weeks after today, we're going to deal with uh, four results that are caused by the lies of insecurity, fear, condemnation, and discouragement. And then we're going to deal with the four truths and promises. For insecurity, we're going to deal with the promise that God says I am. Everyone say, God says I am. God says I am. And then when we move to fear, we're going to deal with the promise that God says he will say that. And then when we get to condemnation, we're going to deal with uh, the phrase that said, God says he has. And then lastly, when we get to uh, discouragement, we're going to deal with the promise that God says I can. can. Amen. Amen. And so are are we ready to to learn how we can crash the chatterbox in our minds? Oh, Y'all don't sound convinced. (laughs) Amen. I mean, if you like hearing all those voices and if you like hearing all those lies, I guess that's okay. But we want to clear our minds of what Satan is trying to infiltrate it with so that we can be what God wants us to be. So what is the chatterbox? Re- the chatterbox chatter is simply this. It is the repetitious noise of lies in our minds intended to distract us from hearing from God and walking into the destiny he has purposed for our lives. That's a mouthful, so I'll say it again. It is the repetitious, meaning over and over and over again, noise of lies in our mind intended to distract us from hearing from God and walking into the destiny. Everybody say destiny. Destiny. He has purpose for our lives. We know in, if, if, if you're around my age and you've seen some of the Warner Brothers cartoons, you remember that in the cartoons that they, they were all oftentimes show uh, situations where they would have a little devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other shoulder and, and that person was trying to figure out in that situation what it was that they should do. And so they were competing for their attention. The devil was telling them to do the wrong thing. The angel was telling them to do the right thing, and the person was just confused going back and forth. Friends, I wish it was just that simple. I, I wish that it was just that simple that-, that we just only had a little devil on the shoulder, a little angel on one shoulder, and that if-, if-, if we wanted to, we could just flick that devil off and then listen to the angel. But friends, it's deeper than that because the chatter of the enemy, the lies of the enemy is just not sitting on our shoulders, right here in our heads. And, and every day we, we deal with condemnation, we deal with fear, we deal with insecurity, we deal with discouragement. Over and over again, the devil keeps recounting in our minds why we can't, why we shouldn't, why we're not good enough, and why it won't work in our lives. And, 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 so, and so we see here that that chatter that continues to, just, to overwhelm some of our lives, we have to figure out how to get rid of it. What are these voices? There, there are two voices that that we can that we can identify. There is an external voice, um, and, and, and that voice is the world that's around us that tries to shape our lives and tell us how we should live, where we should live, how we should dress, how we should uh, cohabitate, where we should work, what are the standards of, of living that if you have this, you're this; if you don't have that, you're that. It, it, we have this external voices. That are all around us. We open magazines up and they tell us that we should be a certain size, certain height, certain size. And then we'll, we'll turn on the television and they, and they tell us how, how we our credit and how our finances need to be. And then we'll listen to the talk shows and then they'll tell us what, our, what the latest fashion is or how we should, how we should raise our children. And, and all of those voices, all of those things all around us. And then the internal voice, rather, is the voice that we hear in our heads and our hearts. It's, again, the voices that tell you, you can't, you won't. You shouldn't, you're not good enough. You are just not. Mm -hmm. These voices are always talking to us, telling us how bad we are, Mm -hmm. how much we messed up, how much we can't change. It's the voices you hear in the closet You might have heard it this morning while you were getting dressed. That tells you it doesn't matter what you put on because nothing's gonna look good on you. I know I'm not the only one who heard that voice this morning. You go back in, they don't fit. Oh, you know, uh, you know, it's that voice that tell you that's too tight, that's too loose. You know, of those voices, you're not gonna look right. They're gonna laugh at you. Oh, that's old. You know, it's the voices in our head. It's the voices you hear at work telling you that there really isn't any point in trying because nobody's ever going to notice it anyway. No matter how hard I, I try, no matter how much effort I put in, nobody really cares. I'm not going to get promoted. I'm not going to get a, an advancement. I'm just going to get overlooked, and the boss is going to take all the credit. It's the voices we hear in our head. Have you ever forgotten something? Have you ever just forgotten something? That, that was important. I can tell you this this morning, for, for example, I, um, the flags that we put uh, uh, by the entryway uh, of the mall, uh, I, I had everything except for the flags. I forgot. It. You ever forgotten something? And what is generally our first response? Oh, I'm so stupid. Why did I forget that? I got everything else except for that. I'm an idiot. Those are the voices in our heads of condemnation. The voices that Satan tries to use to keep us distracted, and to keep us torn down. It's all around us, my friends. Chatter, 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 chatter. Write this down. The voices you give attention to will determine your future. The voices that you give attention to will determine your future. If you choose to allow the voices of the enemy, the voices of insecurity, of fear, of condemnation, of discouragement, if you choose to give way to that and you choose to listen to those voices and you choose to believe what they tell you, your future has been defined and dictated by them. But rather, if you choose to hear the voice of God that promises you the abundant life, your voice, your life rather, will be determined by that. And so friends, we have to learn to dispel these voices and focus on God's words. So one, we can hear the promises God has for us. The promises which will certainly defeat the lies of the enemy. And then two, so that we can have the opportunity to live the abundant life Christ is calling us to live. Simply this, that that the reason why we are not living the abundant life that God has for us is because we're listening to the wrong voices. And because there's so much chatter going on in our minds about what other people think, about what other people say we should do, and about what the enemy says that we can't do, the result of all of that is is that we give up and we don't do anything at all. All And God is saying, I have so much for you. I have a future defined out for you. I have a purpose for your life, but I can't get to, to seem to get through all of the chatter in your life. Mm-hmm. Most people go through life thinking God never speaks to them. Mm-hmm. Right? Have you ever asked, them, God, God didn't speak to me. I never heard from God. I never, how do I know it's God? Most people go through life feeling that way. But in fact, friends, he's always speaking. But the problem is that we can't hear him because his voice is drowned out by all the chatter in our lives. All the thoughts that we have about the way we think life should be, the way we think it, we should live it, the way the direction we think it should go, and then all the lies of the enemy as well. Have you ever been around somebody that likes listening to music or, or, or the television really loud? You know how they just crank it up. And you know, you know that you try to tell them something, and you you say, hey, can you uh there might be in the kitchen, hey, can you grab me something out of the refrigerator? And the first thing they say is, huh? What? Like, can you turn that, th- huh? I can't hear you. The music's up too loud. I'm having a good time. Friends, that's what's happening in our minds. God is speaking to us, and, and we're like, what? What did you say, God? Huh? I guess that wasn't you. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. With this in mind, let's listen to the invitation from Isaiah, our scripture. Because this, is, this, this, this scripture is to all of us. It wasn't just to the children of Israel, but there's something important for us to hear. He says, starting in verse 2, he says to them, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in the rich food. God is simply saying to the Israelites then and to us now, I need for you to listen. I say "Listen." listen. Have you ever dealt with your children and you were like, look, focus, listen to what I am telling you. And God is doing the same thing to us. He's saying, hey, 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 hey you, hey you, I need you to focus, listen, to me, I have something important to tell you. He said the metaphor of the food simply means that I want to tell you about the richness of life that I have for you to receive. All right. He says in verse 3, incline your ear and come to me. That means come close to me. Because our God's not going to shout, right? God's not screaming to get your attention. You know, that's what we've we been waiting for. We want God to yell louder than the noise. God is saying, no, get rid of the noise so you can hear me. I'm God. I don't need to shout. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? He, so he's saying, come close to me. Get close to me so you can hear and understand what I'm saying. God is speaking life into our lives. But yet the chatter speaks death. God speaks, he speaks victory, but the chatter speaks defeat. God speaks hope, but yet the chatter, he speaks destruction. So the question is, is what voice or voices do you want to listen to? That's right. What voices would you rather hear on a daily basis in your life? One that, that gives you life or ones that give you death? So I just want to go through a few things to, to just point out as we recognize and then to help us recognize the chatter in our lives. Y'all still with me? Okay, y'all still with me? Amen. The first one is call and response. Everybody say call and response. A great example of this is in Genesis 1 verse 3. It starts here. We go back to the beginning. It says that in that scripture, it says this, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. If you go back to the beginning of the world, everything in the world was created by the voice of God. God said, let there be, and then there was. And so the basic thing that is letting us know is that when God calls, what is your response? What is your response? The response to nature was to be. When God said, let there be, then there was. But friends, the enemy, before we can effectively identify the lies of the enemy, we have to realize the fact that our world is a direct byproduct of God's speaking. That God gives us the ability to choose the voices we want to respond to, but know this, the voice you give credit in your life will determine the fulfillment of the calling in your life. God has called each and every one of us to do something. He's called us, he's predestined us, he's designed us, he's given us purpose. But friends, if you don't listen to God, then, then your response will be to the devil. And a lot of people are missing out on what God has for them and what God has purpose for them because they can't hear clearly the call. So friends, what are the lies? What are the lies that are preventing you from responding to the call of God. Well, what are, what are the things that that Satan is telling you that 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 this call is not for you, mm-hmm. right? right. This, this, this that's not that's not your call. You, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You're you're not good enough. You're not you're not worthy for that. Right. But God says that when He's called you, He's already prepared you, right? Yes. Great. Biblical example is that of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a was a young prophet. And I mean, by young, he was a teenager at the time that God called him. The teenager, he was a young guy that God basically told to say, Jeremiah, I need for you to prophesy to the king of the nation and the whole nation that I'm going to destroy them all. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine having to say, I'm a, I gotta, I gotta go tell President Obama that God said that he gonna destroy the whole country? Right, right. But but, but Jeremiah, he was afraid that that first one, that fear, because the Bible says, he said he was afraid of their faces, their response to him when he came. And God said, hold up, Jeremiah. Don't be afraid because guess what? Your calling didn't come now. I called you before you were even born. I have called you, prepared you, and don't worry about what they look like or what they say. You just respond to the calling. That's what God is asking us to do in our lives. When lies are not confronted Calling will not be fulfilled When we don't, when we don't confront The lies that Satan is putting in our, in our minds Then we will never be able to fulfill The purpose and the calling That God has in our lives As long as we allow our lives to be dictated by insecurity Of what other people think and how they feel about <laughs> us Then we will never be able to step up and step out Into the calling that God has for us. So, calling response is the first one. The second one is enemy and in me. Somebody say, enemy, in me. We spend our whole lives trying to fix everything around us and we never realize that you're being sabotaged from the inside. It's an inside job. Let me get down. Now, we we talk, there is an enemy. Satan is the enemy. He's in our minds, he's messing with us. But guess what? The number one sabotager of your life is you. It, it, it's you. The enemy is in me, right? The enemy is in me. It's, a, it's an inside job. We the one that choose to listen to do the will of God doesn't mean that we can just flick the devil off our shoulder. We have to stop blaming the devil for stuff that we do. You know, they say the devil made me do it. No, you wanted to do it. All right, all right. Devil didn't make you do nothing. Let, 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 let's 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 dispel that myth. The devil does not make you do anything. That's the devil right. does not have the power to make you do anything. That's right. You have the choice to do what the devil puts in front of you. That's right. So the devil can't make the devil. Didn't make us do it. He said, so we have to stop blaming the devil. The battlefield is in our mind. And we have to make the choice to start transforming our mind with the will and the word of God. You wonder why you 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 don't you don't know what God is saying to you because you don't read your Bible. You just expect that 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 all this knowledge of God's will is just going to one day come pouring down out of the sky and it's going to fill up your mind and you're going to know it all and you're going to be good. There's work that's required. And a lot of times, the reason why we can't combat the enemy is because we don't know the difference between the truth and the lie. And you can't know the difference between the truth and the lie until you read the truth manual. Right? Right? right. So it says this. I I have a couple examples of of, of the enemy. Then the first one comes up. It's from Charles Spurgeon, probably um, uh, probably the greatest theologian and evangelist there was. He says this. Beware of no man more than yourselves. We carry our worst enemy with us. All right. You know, Michael Jackson used to say, "I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I can't look at everybody else. I've got to address what's in front of me, the man in the mirror." An, an, another, another scholar, just of a, a, another theologian, just of a, of a different, different genre. Jay Z said it like this. He says, I'm losing myself, I'm stuck in the moment, I look in the mirror, my only opponent. It's my only opponent. I'm not fighting against somebody else. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, I'm fighting against myself. He says that that, that my only opponent is the dude in the mirror looking back at me. If we learn how to address the enemy that's in me, then friends we would see that our lives would change so much yeah, all right, all right. Satan plants the seeds right he plants the seeds of the lie but we the one that water it, cultivate it, grow it, dig them up, eat them, replant them, grow more of them that's us. That's that's we're, we're we're the ones that are doing that, and so we can't blame the enemy because the enemy is in me. The next one, the next one, we're just talking about how do we recognize the chatterbox? How do we recognize the chatterbox? Next week we will deal with with uh, how do we how do we dispel uh, some of the this chatter uh, with with the promises. The next one is dialogue and destiny. Say dialogue and destiny. If all the chatter did was put us in a bad mood, it wouldn't be a big deal, right? Right. If the simple result was that I'm just a little moody every now and then because of all this noise in my head, it wouldn't be a big deal. But it's deeper than that. For we're engaged in a battle for our calling that will determine our destiny. And when we listen to the voice of God, we gain life. But when we listen to the wrong voices, we lose our destiny what happened in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. God created the world. This is after all of that had been done. Placed Adam and Eve in the garden. He told them this simple, gave them one instruction. Said, you can eat of everything in the garden except for the tree in the middle of the garden, tree of of, of knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't touch that one. But everything else, hey, have a good time with it. Mm -hmm. There was only one voice right in the beginning. It was God's voice. Mm -hmm. But look what happened when a second voice got introduced. In, in in Genesis 3 and verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said, now we have a second voice that enters the equation. God spake it, it was. He told them they did it. But now there comes an alternative. He said, he said to the woman, Did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? Now, don't we play tricks like this with, with ourselves sometimes? Mm-hmm. You know, the kids, kids will do this. You'll tell a kid to do something, and then then, then they'll come back around and like, well, did you say, yeah, you, you know I said that. Eve <laughs> knew what God said, but look at how the how the enemy approached her. He said, did God say, did he actually say that? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what the chatterbox does in, in our minds? Wait, did do you do you really do you really have to do that? I mean, no nobody's watching. Who's gonna, who's gonna know? He says, Did God say that? And then the woman, again, entertains the enemy. For her response to the serpent was, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said Ye shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And then the serpent responds to her, You won't die. Come on. Why would God go through all this to create the world? You and Adam are the only two people here. Why would he kill you? You won't get caught, right? Nothing will happen. There won't be no consequences. You'll get away with it. The dialogue, the dialogue. This is showing that that when we when we entertain the enemy with dialogue, we affect our destiny. Because because at, up to this point, the destiny of Adam and Eve is a perfected life in the Garden of Eden. Everything they need, everything they want is a perfect state. No problems. They get to, they get to walk with God. They get to do whatever they want. To a perfected state. That was their destiny until they entertain the dialogue. You see how slippery and slimy Satan can come into our minds? He told kind of sort of the truth. He, he positioned the lie as sort of true and real. Just enough to get the, the, the woman to commit to dialogue with him. And friends, we have to stop getting in conversations with the devil. And the devil tells us something, and we entertain that thought. And we're like, well, you know, I mean, did God really say that? But guess what? Even if it's not technically in the Bible, you know the difference between right and wrong. I mean, I mean, you don't have to find everything in in, in the Bible Just show me the verse. You know, I hate people that do, it, but show me where it says it in the Bible. It don't say it in the Bible, fool. you just supposed to know that. That's just common sense. I mean isn't it in true? We we all know that there's some things that are just right and wrong. We don't need to go to well it says it in John 15 verse. Well you don't need that. But but, but, but we we enter that dialogue like well, you know it's not, it's not, God it really is not in the Bible. I mean it ain't gonna hurt this one time. Have we, have we ever been on that road? Well, it ain't gonna hurt this time. Nobody's watching, nobody knows just this time. Next time I won't do it. Mm -hmm. But friends, the engagement of dialogue dramatically changes your destiny. I just want you to think for a moment about a time in your life where you allowed the lies of Satan to enter your mind and you got in dialogue and you made decisions based off of that. Mm -hmm. And and, and think about where you ended up Mm -hmm. and where you could have been If you hadn't entered in the dialogue. God says the only voice in the garden was mine. Let there be. And it was. Then that second voice came along and gave us an alternative. And said well it won't happen that way. And then destiny was changed in our lives. Eve's biggest mistake came when she thought she needed to respond to the enemy. The dialogue that you you participate in determines the destinies you take, as we said. What Satan did in Genesis 3 to Adam and Eve, he does to us today. He distorts the truth. He changes it up. He tries to deceive us. We think about praying and reading the Bible, which is great. But Satan tells us we're not good and we're going to fail, so why even start? Have you ever had that? Now, I know all of us have been at that point where we say, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to rededicate my life to Christ, right? You don't have to raise your hand because I know you've been there too. We've all done it. Today is the day. I'm going to live life different. I'm going to change my life. I'm to rededicate you, God. I'm going to do what you call me to do. But the devil, as soon as you get ready to crack that Bible, I'm going to commit the Bible study. I'm going to pray. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to do all the things God wants me to do. And as soon as you get ready to do it, the devil tells you I do that. not going to matter. Nothing's gonna change. It's gonna it's gonna get worse, in fact. Mm-hmm. But friends, we cannot allow the lies to overcome the promises in our lives. Yeah, all right, all right. And that's the that's the, the next one. The next one. Premise versus promise. Verse say that premise versus promise. So look at how Jesus handled the chatter in Matthew chapter chapter four as he was tempted. The Bible says that that Jesus, after he had been after he had fasted for for uh, an extended period of time, Satan came to him and began to tempt him with things. Now look at look at what Jesus response. Now if you're going to respond to to Satan, you need to know how to respond to him, right? Jesus, every time that Satan would come and he says, "Hey, I got this for you," Jesus said, "It is." written it is written God said this time it's in the book I know for a fact I know it's right and I know that's wrong he says it's written because what Jesus recognized is that the premise of what Satan was trying to offer him did not line up with the promises that God had for him and, and and that's what we have to get to is that hey look Satan's good at lying, right? He is the he is the original liar. He's the OG liar. You know, he's the, he's the, he's the original liar. He's good at it. But if we are going to overcome the lies, we've got to hold on and we have to know the promises. The promises that says God says that I am more than a conqueror. God says he will deliver me. God says he has an abundant life for me. And God says I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. All right, all right. you got to know the promises if you're going to be able to combat the lies of the devil. All right, all right. Yes. We will be tempted when we're most vulnerable, Satan's not gonna come to you at the Bible study. You don't got filled up. You all in the Bible. You in the Word. Nah, he gonna come to you. If Bible study on Wednesday, win, Satan gonna get you on Friday night, right? When you sitting there trying to make a decision. Oh man, I, man, I kind of go to this club tonight. <laughs> I mean, the Bible say nothing about it, nothing wrong with clubbing, so that's good. But man, I know it's gonna be some things going down at the club tonight. Man. That, I mean that might not be a good idea for me to be there, but man, I I have such a good time. I hear the music and I just get excited. He's gonna come to you at a vulnerable moment in your life. He's gonna come to you when you just got that bill that you were not expecting and you don't know how you're gonna pay for it. <laughs> you know it's like, what is this? Where did this come from? I hadn't had I didn't have this budget in. The end. He's not going to come at at the times Where everything's good He's going to try to jack you up when you're down Because he wants you to give up He wants to destroy you Nobody is exempt from temptation Nobody, say nobody Nobody. Don't fool yourself and think Oh, I'm good, the devil, you know He's not going to tempt me, I can handle it You know, I can handle temptation Guess what, you might think that you can handle most temptation But the devil got something that will jack you up He got something for you Say, well, I, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do... Guess what? He knows what you like. And he's just waiting for the opportunity to come in and drop it right there in front of you. And plant it right in your mind and say, now what? What you going to do? What you, what you, what you going to do? What you going to do with it? He knows it. And that's the reason why, friends, we have to know the promises of God. We have to know. We have to know what the Word of God tells us, so that we can say to Satan at that time that it is written. He says that that when temptation comes, it's written. It says it in the Bible that God always provides a way out. So I'm looking, God, where is it at? Is the door over here? The door back here? Door? Because God, I'm not looking at that temptation. Because as soon as I look at it, I'm gonna grab it. So I'm looking for the door. I'm looking for the. I'm looking for the exit out of this thing, right? But we don't be looking from doors, do we? Wow. We're like, we're looking. We're like, oh, this looks nice. <laughs> I didn't know it came wrapped up like this. But he says that there's always a way out. Don't fool yourself to believe that I got tempted with something and I just didn't know what to do. I couldn't get out of it. I mean, I mean God knows I'm weak and, and, and I tried, but that, he gives you a way out. Even if it's nothing but a thought and says in that mind, this is not right. Yeah. This is not right. Mm-hmm. This is not right. Lastly, I'm going to close it up. The last way to identify chatter is whatever, whatever. Say whatever, whatever. whatever. Yeah. And that kind of sounds strange, whatever, whatever. We can't stop the chatter, bottom line. It's not going to go away. As long as you live, as long as you're human, you're going to have chatter in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Sorry, that kind of I know that's a bummer on the end of all this, but guess what? It's gonna be there. Right. But we can block it. That's right. Mm-hmm. We can block the chatter in our lives. For instance, it comes down to this. Will we do whatever it takes to drown out whatever the enemy puts into our minds? Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. Will we do Whatever it takes to block out whatever he puts into our minds. I just got a quick video and then we'll close this out to kind of illustrate this to point. The, to handle the pressure, this is the big question with quarterback Colin Kaepernick. I've been talking to a lot of fans and they keep saying, We can get to him. We can get to him. You suck. Yeah, you suck, baby. You're in my house now. You're going down on the target you yeah. Friends, what that illustrates is, is that, friends, in order to, to, the chatter is not going to go away. It's not going to go away. But in order to block it, friends, that there comes a time, just like the commercial, that you have to decide what you want to hear. And do you want to hear all the condemnation? Do you want to hear all the noise? Do you want to hear all that Satan is trying to, to put into your life to try to destroy you? Or, or are you going to simply, like he did in the commercial, put on some headphones and, 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 and say, I'm going to block all that out because I don't want to hear that chatter anymore. And guess what? I'm going to plug up my headphones into the Word of God so that now I can hear what God has for me to, to, to know. And friends, it comes down to this. It comes down simply to this that when you can get, get your mind and you can hear from the voice of God, God will block all that stuff out. But you got to plug into His Word and you got to know that His Word says that greater than is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You have to know that He says, I am more than a conqueror than than anyone and through Christ Jesus. You have to know that all things work together for your good. You have to know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that there is no condemnation to them that is in Christ Jesus. You have to know that the Lord is your shepherd and that you shall not want for anything. You have to learn how to plug up into the word of God in order to block out the chatter in your life. Friends, are you willing to do whatever, whatever it takes to drown out the whatever that the enemy puts into your life? As we move forward with this series, I ask you this question again. What do you want to hear? Stand with me as we close out our service for today. God has given us such an amazing opportunity to be able to plug into his word, to be able to connect with him. We have no excuse to say, well, I didn't know, I I, I didn't have an option. He, he, He took it all and he put it in the Bible, the instructions that we need, and he gave us his Holy Spirit to help us to understand it. Not to eliminate the chatter, but to block it all out so that we can have the peace that God has for us. And as we close today, if there's someone here today that has been living life dictated by the chatter, that they've been living life being directed by what the chatter, that that they've been living life according to to the dialogue that they've been been entering in with Satan, and you're ready to say, today I want to block all that out. I want to remove the chatter, I want to remove the noise, and I just want to hear what God has for me. You might be here today and you have not accepted Christ as your Savior. Well, friends, that is the best first start that you can make. Because the the devil's been trying to destroy you all your life. But let me tell you something. That when you can confess today that Christ is your Savior, when you can confess that you believe that he died on the cross for your sins and that he was buried on on that Friday and that he rose on that Sunday with all power of heaven and earth in his hands, and that same power he has made available to you. If you're here today and, and, and you're saying today, I want to know Jesus Christ. I know the enemy, but I want to know Christ. If you're here today. Just by raising your hand, we want to see you and say today, I, I accept Christ into my life. If You're here today. If you're here today and saying, look, I've, re, I've rededicated. I, I know that I need to live life differently, but today I, I, I choose today to... to, to live life the way God wants me to live. I've tried it my way and it's gotten me nowhere. But I want to know what my destiny is. I want to know what my purpose is. I want to know where God is leading me. I want to know what he's designed for me. But well, friends, if you're ready to make that commitment to God today, just by raising a hand, we want to pray for you. And friends, lastly,